Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. What Jesus was saying is, wow. You're going to have to understand, you, you can't pour this new wine into the skin of the law. You can't take grace and add it to this old church system. The old covenant, it's too inflexible. It's too rigid to accept this grace relationship. The new wine is going to have to be in something new, innovative, flexible form and a practice. Being creatures of habit can definitely have a negative effect on a multitude of areas in our lives. From learning more efficient ways to operate at work or simply breaking a bad habit, it can be extremely challenging to do so because of our nature. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark teaches us how Christ came to introduce something entirely new, rather than make a few changes. In our study, we learn about God's new system of grace, which replaces the old, worn-out system of works and sacrifice. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with his continuing study entitled, New God Ideas. sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch will pull away from the garment, making the tear worse. Now to us, that's hard for us to understand because today if you get a tear in a pant or a shirt, we just throw it away and buy a new one. But in those days, well, they patched things. And the cloth would have been, well, wool or linen, a little bit of cotton. And in those days, you know, you didn't put it in your Maytag and put it on delicate cycle. You beat the suckers on the rock. And when you did that with a piece of clothing, it shrank. Well, let's say you have a tear in it right here in the shirt. Well, you get another piece of clothing that's similar and you sew it up and you patch it up. But the piece you put on is unshrunk. So the next time you wash it, the the shirt that you have shrinks more and this shrinks a little, but it pulls away and pretty soon the hole is bigger than it was at the start. They knew that. They tried it. And what he was saying to us is basically in a spiritual way, I didn't come to patch your life up. And listen to this. He's going to say, I can't use the old Jewish religion and patch something onto it. It's going to have to be brand new. Now, see, in our world, we patch things up. As extreme makeover. We patch the face up. Did you see the gal in the newspaper Friday from France? who had been mauled by a dog. They took another person that was brain dead and sewed that brain dead's face onto this lady because she didn't have a face. 
Well, I saw this personal ad in Florida for a guy. It's actual ad in Florida. He's looking for a spouse. Look what it says. Mint condition, male, 1932, high mileage, good condition, some hair, many new parts. Here's the, here's the parts, including a hip, a knee, a cornea, and valves. Isn't in running condition, but walks well. This is an actual ad. I don't know. He's looking for somebody that's warmed over dead or something. I don't know what he's looking for. It's incredible, isn't it? I mean, ads lie. Mint condition? For what? Well, Jesus is not talking about a patch job like this. He's talking about a total change. What was he really talking about? Understand, up to this point in history, the Jews operated with something called the Old Testament covenants of God from Abraham and from Moses. They were centered around the Ten Commandments, but they were basically about rules of how to live and then how to get forgiveness to try to be right with God. And of course, that included animal sacrifices. Actually, the, the Old Testament covenant was given to push man to make one statement. I can't be good enough to please God. You could never obey the command. If you broke one command, you broke them all. And so it was a frustrating thing. You and I never lived under anything like this. But it really became a legalistic thing. And there was no joy because man could never be right. And he couldn't keep the law without sinning. They were frustrated. Well, the law of the Old Testament, the covenant, was always temporary. It was going to be superseded by a new covenant, a new agreement, which would be sealed in the blood of Jesus on the cross. So in the Old Testament, we have pictures of this new covenant coming. The new covenant would be fulfilled by Jesus. He would come, he would keep the law perfectly, and as because of that, that would supersede the old covenant. The new covenant would not be based on legalism and have to do things, it would be based on grace. All your sins were already forgiven because of one sacrifice. See, in the Old Testament, you'd kill that little animal in your house and in the yard and bring it. And as the animal shed its blood, that was the forgiveness for your sins. It kind of covered it. The Jews were used to that. But Jesus was going to come and die once. In the Old Testament, if you wanted to go to God, you couldn't go to God directly. You had to go through a priest. Now, many of you, probably more than 30% of you come from a Catholic background. You're kind of used to that a little bit when you had confession and all those kind of things. Well, when Jesus came, the temple was rent in two, and we ran right in and talked to God through Jesus. He's our intermediary. You don't have to go to a person any longer. In fact, the book of Hebrews says, go boldly to God. So when you sin, when we take communion at the end of today... You don't have to call me up and say, Pastor Mark, I have to go to God. You ask me forgiveness. No, you don't. I don't mean a man. You don't need a woman. You just go directly to God through Jesus. Well, the Jews had never seen it. That's a huge change. And that's what Jesus was saying. He said, he's trying to give these illustrations. I'm, I'm not into your old religion. I'm going to fulfill it. It was good, but it served its purpose. There's something new. You will have access to me 24-7. And you'll have your sins permanently forgiven because of my work on the cross. It will be done. So Jesus came to establish this new covenant. It would have a big change of thinking from the old covenant. Now, John 1.17 says it like this. For the law, the Old Testament was given by Moses, but grace 
and truth came through Jesus Christ. So what was Jesus saying? Well, he had a God idea. Through this illustration, he was saying this. You can't combine the old garment, which is the old law, with a new patch, which is the gospel of grace, any more than you can patch an old garment with a new patch and expect it to work. Jesus said, I didn't come to patch up your life. I came to get you a new life. This new covenant would no longer be external, but internal. It wouldn't be about putting your face white because you're fasting. It would be of your heart. It would be inside. It would be an inside thing. It was no longer about being self-righteous, but taking the righteousness of God through grace, unforgiveness. He said, Pastor Mark, is, is that spoken of in the Bible? Here it is. It's so vivid. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, this is new covenant, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. See, here's the thing I want you to think about today. When we become Christians, many people think that that's kind of a religious deal. No, it isn't a religious deal. See, many people think when you become a Christian, it's just like if you get up tomorrow morning and it's 35 degrees, you're in your closet looking for what? A jacket, a sweater, the winter stuff that smells like mothballs and whatever, but you'll find it. And, and you put it on. Well, it warms up during the day, you take it off. That's what a lot of people think Christianity is. Well, it's Sunday. I put my Sunday going clothes on and I kind of be good with the family today and treat them for lunch and nice to them and whatever. Talk to God. It's Monday. I take it off. I go to work. I don't think about it. I'm not a bad person necessarily. I just don't think about God the rest of the week. And Tuesday, it's the same Wednesday. Say, oh, well, Wednesday night, I've got to put, put clothes on, come to church, be religious. That's not it at all. See, you can't, it, Christianity isn't something you add to your life and then take off when you don't want to be there. It's a whole new person. And you're totally changed. Yes, I have my old sin nature, but God's working inside of me. And that's what Jesus is saying. There's a huge change coming, disciples. Get used to it because it's not at all like your old system. Well, one illustration wasn't enough. Look at the second in verse 17. Neither do men pour new wine in old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst, the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. Change point number two for you to write. Grace changes everything. Remain flexible and usable. Jesus knew that these changes were going to be hard. People weren't used to grace. They were used to legalism. They weren't used to at all internal. It was most external. And he's trying to say to them, as you begin to follow me, remain flexible and change, and then God can use you. Notice he talks about wineskin. We don't even know what a wineskin is. In those days, there were no bottles. And what they would do is take an animal skin, usually goat. They'd kill the goat, turn the skin inside out, run it through a tanning process so that it, wouldn't, it would protect the inside lining and you wouldn't have any of the flavors of the skin and whatever. And then they'd pour this new wine into it and tie up all the little edges and let it become wine. See, when you poured it in, it was grape juice. But there were yeast cells in there. And before long, it would begin to ferment and expand and produce wine. You're familiar with fermentation. I'm sure in the last few months, some of you have gone to the back of your refrigerator 
And you pull out this little container, you go, what in the world is that? And you open the top and it goes, and you go, it's fermented. It's been in there. Then the dog gets it. You know, they don't care. The roadkill, whatever, they like it. What happens is this is, by the way, this is what happens to wine. The next time you have a glass, just think about it. This fermentation takes place and it expands and expands and expands. So Jesus says, you can't take new wine and put it into an old wineskin. Why? Well, because the old wineskin over time became brittle, hardened, inflexible. You put the new wine in, looks real fine now. A few days you come back, it's burst. It's leaking everywhere and you lost all the wine what jesus was saying is wow you're gonna have to understand you you can't pour this new wine into the skin of the law you can't take grace and add it to this old church system the old covenant it's too inflexible it's too rigid to accept this grace relationship the new wine is going to have to be in something new innovative, flexible form in a practice. Here's how you want to write it. Grace cannot be sown onto or poured into a system of legalism. A system of legalism. You see, this new covenant would be based in grace and joy and excitement. Man would no longer have to try to please God. The work of redemption was already done. Now, What is really trying to take place there? Well, this happened 2,000 years ago. And I want to give you a little history this morning to bring us up to speed and then ask you and I to check our own hearts. Any of you remember these pictures? Back in the late 60s, early 70s, the hippie days? How how many of you were hippie? Come on, be honest. Oh, I'd like to see some of your pictures, man. You remember, as you see all this stuff, make love and not war. Man, it was free sex everywhere. These people, LSD, they were on all these drugs. They were on all of these things. I mean, they never took baths. They were rebelling against society. It was an incredible time. It was a, for those of you that weren't really too young to understand, it was a huge time in America. I mean, it, it infiltrated our whole society. Well, during the hippie days... There was a man and his wife who had been pastors. His name was Chuck Smith. And they lived in California. And through a set of circumstances, I won't go into the detail today, they got to this little church near the Costa Mesa area in Orange County called Calvary Chapel. It's a church of 25 people. A little chapel. Well, God began to deal with this pastor, and he'd been in many churches all his life, and nothing very big, just, just God had been using him. Well, he got there, and he and his wife used to go out, Kay, used to go out to the beach and watch these kids. The kids would sleep on the beach, and it was hippie days, and, you know, having orgies and all this stuff. He knew they were, well, they were rebelling because they were lost. Their parents were lost. They, they couldn't find anything that made sense in life. And God put it on their heart to begin reaching out to these kids. So they began sharing with them and praying for them and witnessing for them. The hippies, the dirty hippies. Well, before long, these hippies started coming to their little church. Well, there was a problem because the little church had just put new carpeting in and pews. And here come these kids with their bare feet. What kind of bare feet? Dirty bare feet. So the deacons put this little sign out front. Basically, it said this, no shoes, no entrance. Well, Chuck saw that and he said, we have a solution. 
You're either going to take the sign down, the kids can come in because they're trying to find God, or we'll take the carpet up. Well, they let him in. And that began the Jesus Revolution. That little church, before long, was 30,000 people. That was the first Calvary Chapel back in the early 70s. Today, 1,100 and growing rapidly. Now, ever hear of Maranatha Music? Maranatha Music was formed by a, a pastor of a church in San Diego who's formed 20 other churches, Mike McIntosh. He was basically brain dead from LSD. Never thought he'd have his right mind back. He's an incredible pastor today. Now, let me ask you a question. Why did those kids come to the little 25-member church in Costa Mesa? Why? Because they were number one, what? Searching? Okay. Why didn't they go to the other churches? Do you know why? Let me tell you why. Not only Calvary, there was others, but very few others. You know why? Because the wine skin became hard and brittle and unusable. And they said, hey, we're not having dirty kids in our church. We're not having kids that have been on drugs. We're not having kids that had sex outside of marriage in our church. You say, well, that's not true. Oh, it is true. You see, well, let me ask you a question. There's no hippies today. Could this church become unusable? Sure it could. You see, when we get to the place like, well, we're not going to change. This is the way we are. By the way, in those early days, do you know what happened? During that Jesus revolution, on stage came a guitar. A guitar! (laughs) And the other churches went, you can't worship God with a guitar. Only an organ. As if Jesus played an organ. (laughs) We laugh. But let me challenge you with something. See, I've been doing this a long time. There has never been a time in history, ever, when God was doing a new thing and trying to reach the generation that's there, that he never had to move outside the established churches. You see, all the old denominations, it's exactly what happened to all of them. I'm not saying there's not good people there, but by and large, they're bypassed. Why? They weren't flexible. God was pouring new wine. They said things like this. We never did it like that, and we're not going to do it. We laugh. You know what God does? He finds a group of funky people like Calvary Chapel, and he starts a new work. And if we're not careful, one day over this door, God will write Ichabod, which means my presence has departed. And he will start with a new group of people who say, we want your will. We want to be relevant. We want to reach those people. I want to challenge you this morning to think outside the box, to be relevant. You are. We're incredible. I'm not afraid at all. You know we're very, very sensitive to what God wants to do. And we're open. And you guys are flexible. We're building again, you know. We're building this new thing, and we're going to build another thing, and we're going to build a new kids' ministry. We just talked about that. We're going to plan this huge new kids' ministry thing. We just bought more land there. We're trying to buy more land. We're trying to do all But it's not about land. It's not about the screens. It's about people. 
And people are searching today. No, we don't have hippies. We passed the yuppies. I don't even know what they call them. The yuppie whippies. Or I don't know what they call them now. But it's see, always an empty heart. And we must remain relevant and sensitive to the things of God. Here's the next key point you want to write. Be ready to change. Take risks and live by faith. You see, God will give us new ideas how to reach our generation. Paul said it right in 1 Corinthians, I become all things to all men so that by all possible means I might save some. You say, well, how flexible we have to become. Notice this. Some of you got these pictures before. These are Lego churches. (laughs) Here's the next one. We want a Lego church. No, that church has become too hard and fast and whatever. We're not after Lego churches. We're not after being creative like to be weird. We just want to be open to what God does. You see, if there's no freshness, then people endure their walk with God. And before long, the enduring goes right past enjoying. And we have a rigid, inflexible form of religion. And as Paul would write, they go through the motions. But there's no power. I want to tell you this morning, if you're afraid of the Holy Spirit and his power, get your life straight with God. The new wine is related to the power of the Holy Spirit to change us. In the book of Romans, chapter 14, it says, The kingdom of God is not about rules and regulation, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And you know we don't allow weirdness here and we don't go through all the Toronto garbage and all that stuff where people fall on the floor and whatever. But my God, help us to become rigid. You know, God can do whatever he wants to do and he does it in an orderly fashion and lives are changed. Be open, be fresh, be new. Just last weekend, I uh, looked at this camera right out here and I said, during our altar call, I said, if, if you're watching by the internet, we have like 250 people or something like that a weekend watching all across the world. I said, if, if you want to pray with these people as they accept the Lord Jesus Christ, you just email me. I get home Sunday afternoon. Here's the first email. I have given my heart to the Lord. Harry, West Melbourne. Praise God. Here's the second one. I'd like to thank you. I do not live in Florida, but in front of my computer, I was one of those who raised my hand and prayed together to follow in the path of our Lord. Jackie from Michigan. Hallelujah. Now, that's all new. You say, well, that, that can't happen. That can't be real. Well, some of you listened to Billy Graham on the radio way back, you know, when it was AM. And you accepted the Lord in your car, didn't you? Well, sure. We're just moving on with the generation. The next thing's going to be video. I don't know what will happen, but praise God. I want to say to you that watching by the internet, once you become a Christian and you're not sick and bound and home or whatever, find yourself a church. Sitting in front of your computer is not the same as sitting here. If there was a way for us to completely forget our old habits so that we could quickly learn more efficient ones, many of us would jump on that opportunity. When it comes to God's new covenant of mercy and grace, this is precisely what needs to happen. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark taught us how Christ came to radically change the heart and to make room for God's system of grace. Thanks so much for joining us today. 
Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. As the culture around us constantly shifts, we as the Church of Christ have a steady challenge to remain relevant in our outreach. The biggest part of this challenge is maintaining a solid foundation that's firmly rooted in sound theology and doctrine. In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will teach us the importance of being flexible in our methods of outreach while staying true to God's Word. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the Gospel of Matthew. That's next time on Lessons for Living. in a hurry.